Oh, hello. Hello. Should we shut the windows? That was lovely. So, do you want to shut the windows? We're going to shut the windows because Johnny has a neighbour that has recently taken up the tin whistle <laughs> and has been playing, <laughs> practicing really diligently for hours every day. Usually. Be looking for a tin whistle this, song. They'd be playing this song. Not in the like happy hardcore version that you've got on your no, laptop. Just with a basic tin so we've been doing hours of recording over the last few days and just listening to this person fail to play that tune. And Johnny has been very close to strangling the man. Don't know where he is though, that's or the problem. Him. Or her. Yeah. It's unclear from the noise, specifically where they are. Um <laughs> just maddening it's just well because it's it's too quiet to really lodge any kind of complaint excuse me stop having fun with your tin whistle too loud to ignore you're listening to the propane fitness podcast your ultimate resource for fat loss and muscle gain with none of the gimmicks with your hosts yusuf and johnny simple rules dramatic results i think we could leave the window open as a on the chance that they might hear the tin whistle. Alright, leave the window open then. In fact, well, you better open that one then. Don't half, don't half arse it. <laughs> Go and close one window and leave the other one open. So today we want to. Ask me a would you to... rather question. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I've got uh, one of you. Okay. Well, we used all the good ones on the John Romaniello interview, which if you haven't heard. Go back and listen to that now. Rom- not Romaglio. Romaglio. Not Romaniello. I'm gonna need. Some charge soon. Would you rather? (laughs) Would you rather own a wristband that doubles your carrying weight or a pair of socks that allows you to sprint ten times longer without fatigue? I'm surprised you were thinking about this at all. Because of the... Are you thinking, is the wristband IPF approved? Yeah. They would make me take it off. You'd be like, no, no, no. Mm. Probably the... I think being able to run... How long? Ten times as long. Yeah. What's it going to do? Double my carrying weight. Yeah. So I could hold... Let's say 620. I mean, that's certainly useful. But I think being able to run... At flat out. Sprint ten times longer. Mm. Like, that makes you... Pretty formidable. You sprint a kilometre. I'm going I'm to take the socks. I just don't think there are many situations where I'd have to hold 600 kilos. What if the socks are in the wash and you need them? Or What if you forget the wristband? Hmm. And you'd wear the socks a lot so they'd get smelly. I think if the socks are in the wash and I need them, then I'm just back to where I was anyway. So. I see. But I, I know what you mean. Do you rather <coughs> what would bring... you pick? It's, it's difficult, isn't it? I think... Well, because my carrying weight with a slip disc is not very good at the moment. Well, so. I suppose your limit your limiter is not the is not the carrying weight, is it? It's the mm. like I could go and deadlift two fifty the disky whisk if I turn up now and do it, but it would hurt a lot. So would it cause more damage, or would it just hurt? I don't want to take that risk. I think. Mm. So, would you rather bring back Michael Jackson or Freddie Mercury? <sighs> Michael Jackson. He was great. Yeah. I like Michael Jackson. I've been watching something on 
Netflix. Netflix. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm current. And uh, it's called Jessie Jones. Okay. And she is Michael Jackson. She's not, but she, it's a woman that looks like... <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. Late stage Michael Jackson. I saw something on... Uh, <laughs> on what? What was that? <laughs> I saw something on my Facebook newsfeed just before. An article saying that someone is campaigning for babies to be called babies. So that their gender isn't assumed. How is I'm not going to express. I'm not going to express an opinion on it. I just want to. I just want you to talk about it for a couple of seconds while I find the next one. Okay, so we're changing babies to babies. 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 Yeah. That's fine, but well, it's not fine. But baby is not a gendered term in the first place. Mm. You have to specify baby boy, baby girl. If someone says, "Oh, look, there's a baby." Mm. No don't assume their gender because. But if it's a baby, then you've you've covered that, haven't you? You've covered that requirement in the in the name itself. <laughs> I think you're chatting lyrics, Johnny. <laughs> Spitting rhymes. Would you rather provide an African child a hot meal and a place to sleep every day for the rest of his life, or bring back Club Penguin? Club a penguin. That must be some kind of private joke. Is that like, if you like a lot of chocolate on your biscuit, join our club? Oh. But then a penguin's a separate biscuit. I mean, penguins were mint. Are they still? Do they they still always exist? had really bad jokes on the back. But they like, were, they were, it was how really... do you know if an elephant is sleeping under your bed? Because your nose touches the ceiling. Yusuf hasn't read that on a penguin. He uh, found that out because. We had to do an elephant-themed post. We didn't have to. You chose to. Would you rather die now or live forever? Live forever. Would you rather have dick-sized nipples or a nipple-sized dick? I have both of those things. <laughs> so. So, yes. Yes. <laughs> so, we were going to talk today about some of the old confusions that we had in the past. We had a bit of a uh, reminisce the other day from speaking to John Romaniello because we followed him for about 10 or 12 years now back in the golden age of T-Nation where we were a lot more young and gullible and there were so many moments where we were just we realised how hook, line and sinker we were taken over Mm. by some things in the industry so we thought we'd reveal to you how young and gullible we were so you can laugh at us (laughs) and in case you have any of the uh, any of the following I suppose I think the yeah like the the confusions and delusions have moved on over the years. They still exist in different forms, but they've taken different faces as things like booty and mm. detox cleanses and that kind of thing have taken the forefront as opposed to... But it it's always comes under... I'm going to give you the principle of this so you can kind of see where things go wrong, is the magic sword fallacy. The idea that there is this one silver bullet that... Is going to solve all of your sword, fitness problems. Sword or bullet? Sword. No, a bullet. Well, either. I mean, a <laughs> thing is, a silver bullet still needs to be shot out of something, doesn't it? But a sword's kind of a very. It's a, it's a solution. Like once you got the sword, everything's going to be fine. Sword. You don't have to worry about loading, eating less food, or maintaining the weapon. Because what if it gets jammed? Well, you, you, if you jam your sword, then you've no, got no, jam, bigger jam. problems. <laughs> Oh, my sword's jammed. If you've got the go bullet, the if you're try, trying to put the bullet in the gun, cock the gun, gun jams. Mm. Magic bullet doesn't work anymore. Well, it's magic. You'd hope it wouldn't wouldn't jam guns, but... Sorry. 
magic whistle. I really maybe stopped you in your, maybe stopped you in your stride there, didn't I? <laughs> so the first one from me was I remember following a guy's training log, and this is so stupid looking back. Like He was a bald guy that was really lean, and he took some photos before and after a diet, clearly on a lot of drugs because he was like oh, 105 kilos. I remember kilos. this guy. Do you? Is he a foot, was an American football player? Possibly. Picture from behind doing a double bicep, and I remember thinking, oh, I'd love to have rear delts like that. I'm going to do what he does. And he was on a low-fat diet, claiming that he only ate... 15 grams of fat per day and he was like you've got to stay under 20 grams of fat bro and I sent him a message and I was like how do you do this like what are your macros and so I started eating extremely low fat diets eating only boiled prawns and potato don't ask me why boiled prawns I think it was just cheap on the frozen section at the time and completely ignoring the fact that this guy was clearly on a lot of drugs I just assumed that it was the low fat that caused him to look like that um What's yours? I'm trying to find, see if I can find an image of this person because I think I know who it is. And I remember l- reading about him as well, following his stuff as well. Because he, he just assumed massive he looked, shredded. He was. You think he looks like that because... I remember he made of, chia seeds. He put chia seeds in like a smoothie that he had in the morning. And I was like, right. It wouldn't have been the same guy because uh, chia seeds, there's five grams of fat in there. <laughs> <laughs> so funnily enough, I mean, I wasn't going to mention this one, but um, the... Related to T Nation, related to that guy, the, when I started following him was when he was involved in a project that T Nation did for the release of a product called Indigo 3G. Do you remember that? An extremely expensive insulin sensitizer. I think it was probably. Supplement. I think it was maybe 600 quid. Wow, okay. Uh, for no, a month's supply? No, you got it. Uh, I can't remember. It was. That's him? Yeah, it is. Is that him? He's one of them. He was called... I can't remember his name. Damn it. Yep. He's a big man, isn't he? <coughs> so Indigo 3G was this supplement that T-Nation hyped the hell out of. More that's, than... That's not like them. I know. Hyping a supplement that's really expensive. Because oh, it, it was the Anaconda Protocol as well. It gets you magical results. Almost a magic sword or a silver bullet. <laughs> You know what, I'll talk about the Anaconda Protocol first. So there were, there were two things that T-Nation brought out that... If anyone remembers either of these, please yeah, send us a message. Get in this touch. This is the golden age. This was when things were, yeah. So I think then what prevented people from making progress was information. It was having access to just like, what the hell is going on? And so we were just fish in a barrel because yeah. of that. Yeah, There's I know. no information, so we think, oh God, well maybe it is the hydrolyzed protein. It's all about mm. the speed of your protein absorption that determines how it's big It's the special get. way in this supplement. So the Anaconda protocol was again really expensive. And I think the funny difference between Yusuf and I, Yusuf's about to drink from a bottle of water. Was that your bottle of water from earlier? All right, okay. I thought that was just had been lying around for maybe days. Um... I got sucked in big time, ended up spending way too much money as a student on this stuff, like blowing, in some cases, my like the thick end of my monthly budget on buying, like... But it's okay because you swole at the end of it. Yeah, so. well, because, you know, it's important to invest in yourself. Um, bought this product called Surge Workout Fuel, bought the Anaconda Protocol that was basically hydrolyzed casein with some carbohydrate in, in essence. Mm-hmm. Um but it's the cyclic dextrin. It's the and... special. It's the special stuff in it. I remember literally taking it, thinking, you know, this protein powder is going to definitely make a difference. And I, I remember thinking, feeling my recovery was different, and all that sort of stuff. 
you, you made your own version, didn't you? So it's really clever what they did, because when they marketed it, they said, this, these are the ingredients of the Anaconda Protocol. However, you can't make this up yourself, because we have a special bespoke source of hydrolyzed casein that only, that only we have, and it's leucine-enriched. That was it. Carried down yeah. from the monks on the mountains and blessed for three days, and the... You can't use regular dextrose because this is the cyclic dextrins that have this effect on your muscle cells. And, and it was like, so if you try and botch this yourself, it's not going to work. And I tried to botch it. So <laughs> at least I, I mean... Oh, I, I remember that. Oh, yeah. I bodybuilder. I bodybuilder oh. did that program. So ended up going to my protein and just getting all the individual components, mixing it together. It was a lot cheaper than the official one, like a order of magnitude cheaper. But... Hydrolyzed casein tastes of vomit. So yep. when we say that, a lot of people will say that as a hyperbolous statement. They'd be like, "Oh, oh, mate, it's disgusting. Taste of vomit." No, no. The, the thing is, like, hydrolyzing a protein is the process that your stomach does to digest protein. So it tastes the same as vomit in terms of like chemically, it is the same. So it's like you've had a, a meaty meal and then you throw up three, four hours later. So it's the same taste that kind of vomity, acidic aftertaste. And I was drinking that during and after training sessions in large amounts. And it was awful. No amount of flavouring would even touch the sides in terms of disguising it. As we're, so as we're uh, talking about this, I'm looking at some old videos on YouTube that are digging up, like, honestly, stuff I'd forgotten about. I think I've repressed these memories. Anabolic Pulse Mag 10. So the, uh, the, the, the ridiculousness, I, I wish so much that I could explain the extent of this so it was called anaconda anabolic load was the main supplement that had carbs and stuff in you had to take three scoops of that and i think you maybe got 20 scoops in a tub that cost about 50 quid something like that then there was a supplementary product called mag 10 anabolic pulse that was just more protein two scoops of that so you had to mix that in a special bottle that they sold oh yeah called which was a nalgene which is we're using chemical experiments usually two liters and it, i think it worked out to be like nearly a thousand calories in this big jug and that, you, that you then had to buy the special flavoring three scoops anaconda two scoops mag 10 plus plus additional surge workout additional stuff okay so that's about eight nine pounds per bottle is that right yeah maybe more probably more if you're paying for it because you got the bundle haven't you so so you're drinking a very expensive it was so, yeah but i mean it marketed so cleverly and they hats off to t-nation they released it with a program called iBodybuilder, which we this is did. we were really in the weeds at this point where we were this, this was when mark <laughs> keys from so you can check out an interview with him very no bullshit irish strength coach took the living piss out of me <laughs> for doing it. It was like, you're a fucking set of two face pulls. Oh, God, yeah. It's, I mean, it's still, on, it's still online. Like, if you want to Google any of this stuff and find out more about it, the iBodybuilder program, I think you can still get. Um, there's still stuff about, they've now replaced the Anaconda protocol with the Plasma protocol. The perfect rep, remember that? Thing is, even when the Plasma thing came out, there's always the... There's the hint, hint isn't it? Like, oh, Do you remember when you, you got sucked into a supplement they brought, brought out, didn't you? What was it called? Can you hear the whistle? I don't think it'll pick up on the mic. Oh, but the, the whistle's happening. I got Z12, no, which legit wasn't. worked. That's a, that's a GABA. Yeah, that's a, that was it. <laughs> it's not even a GABA agonist, it's just GABA. Micro-P, I didn't buy it in the end. 
Did you not? Very expensive, though. Supposed to improve... um, Makes you all muscly and things, doesn't it? (laughs) Um, There you go, Indigo 3G, still available. I'm going to need a charge. Is that what... I can tell you're stressed. I can tell you're itching around. Is that what it is? That's the... uh, It's not going to reach, man. Do you need that plugged in? Just to read it. I'll set it over here. So, next... I know you want to move on to the next one. The the T-Nation stuff is... Like, that is probably when things were at its worst for me. I think if I were to say in, in two websites what derailed my progress mm. was it would be tnation.com and uh, whatever Kiefer, Kiefer's website, dangerouslyhardcore.com. The thing is, I've got no doubt that if you were to buy supplements from T-Nation, they would be the best ones that you can get. It's simply that we placed supplements on a completely wrong side of the yeah. the importance hierarchy and we just didn't know any different and i think the the danger is someone who doesn't know where these things fit in ends up spending a, a disproportionate amount of money especially relative to your monthly student budget oh god man yeah um if i had unlimited money fine would you i still don't think you would just just as a like why not i mean this this is like having you know when louis ck talks about if he had 85 billion dollars and you just, he's like, I'd buy every baseball team, make them all wear frilly skirts, and then go to, like, I'd set up a shop that just has sex with your pet, and I'd set up six of them facing every Starbucks in the US. I remember you talking about this. He's like, this, so that, that's the kind of money where you, when you just, have like, silly money. Yeah. yeah. Indigo 3G was the supplement I mentioned at the beginning. So this was after the Anaconda phase. I kind of moved out of, like, I'm not going to spend all this money on protein powder. But Indigo 3G has... What's it called? Cyanid. What's the ingredient? It's in blueberries. That's it. Cyanidin glucoside. Yeah. So that's the blueberry extract. These claims, but you couldn't just have blueberries because blueberries have something in that block you from being able to metabolize it. So clever. And they don't have it in enough. There was a stat which was like you had to consume four kilos of blueberries, and I considered that. I remember. (laughs) So the the claims on this website is that it releases and burns fat. Prevents fat storage and shrinks fat cells. Allows you to consume more calories and carbs without fat gain. Increases work capacity in the gym. Changes the way your bottle ha- body bottle body handles carbs. Like an, a miracle drug. The thing is, there will be some clinical effect of these things. Mm. It's just on a the, very low level. Yeah, it's like, is it worth it? Well, it would be banned. You, as it? it would be a it would be a performance enhancer. That was something Mark said was just like these supplements, like if any of them worked, they'd be banned by WADA. Like the ones that are that good mm-hmm. are either steroids in disguise until they get dis- discovered by someone. Same as uh, Spice. Did you ever hear of that? The legal high. Yeah. Goes around in prisons quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Looks really innocuous. It looks herbal, but it's actually the herbs in it are just a carrier for an artificial cannabinoid that is really strong and really unpredictable. Right. And every time it gets banned and reclassified, the company just slightly changes the chemical composition and re-release it. Oh, and that's what's causing people to go into these like zombie I've states. Seen, and it's almost like a coma-type state. Yeah, it people into. It really, it's quite yeah. serious. Um, but that, I mean, that like WADA, that's what they do with pro hormones. Essentially, was my, yeah. my point. So I mean, WADA exists to with one purpose, and that is to control the use of substances in in sports. Well, I don't know whether that's its only purpose, but that's a, a big aim. 
So, like, if if a supplement company was bringing out stuff that was genuinely shifting this stuff significantly, then Dick Pound from Wada is that his name? Yeah, Dick Pound would come and guy. stop it from happening. Johnny getting slated on the T Nation forums. Oh God! So, first time I ever dieted. So this is we are just emerging from the weeds, aren't we? <laughs> I was just coming out of this phase of buying Indigo Three G. Third year of uni. Oh, we're going to have to talk about the V-diet as well in a second. Oh, there's but... so much to talk about. <laughs> this is like our entire life. See, this, this, is... <laughs> this, is what you, this is where, and I think it's important because you need to see, like, you look at us now, you see the iceberg. You need to see the depth of our stupidity mm. in the past to realise how, how far, and I think anyone who's been in the industry for some time has come a long way in revising their views and realising how much nonsense you have to go through mm. because now information is readily available and if someone's doing something that's bullshit it's very easy to call them out on it but in the past this wasn't the case and you had to really wade through those weeds yeah. i think it's why we get so annoyed when like you see someone who's like read eric helms's pyramid book and sets up as a coach online <laughs> and you're like oh, great you have like a framework but you don't know why that framework is significant and you don't have any experience when someone says I'm thinking about trying this supplement. I'm thinking about going low carb or going paleo. Like, oh, no, 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 man. Like, don't like, do that. We guarantee we've done it. Yeah, we've been there. I know. We've tried it. And like, not only have we done it, but we've probably invested like significant time, <laughs> energy and money <laughs> done it in so much doing earnest. it to the nth degree. I think the most stressful conversation I've ever had in my life <laughs> was a two-hour phone call with Johnny in 2012 <laughs> about whether it's okay to include two carb refeeds <laughs> during the week <laughs> doing carb night or if that would... In somehow negate the effects of leptin resensitivity. So I remember the, the reason that that conversation happened was we were following Carb Night, which was John Kiefer's original book. He then released Carb Backloading, which he claimed could be used for fat loss. And so you and I are sat there thinking, okay, in Carb Night, it says you need to go six days without carbs. Then you're allowed one carb refeed. But in oh, carb, only on the evening, though. Only after 5pm. That's, that's it, for heaven's sake. <laughs> but on carb backloading, you can, have a carb, you can have carbs every day and still lose weight. As long as it's after 5pm. But they, they seem to contradict each other. And I, that conversation was... I remember us finishing it after two hours of just discussing that, still being no clearer. I think I had some sweet potato and I felt really weird <laughs> about doing it. <laughs> what, after the conversation? Because we, I think we decided that it, it would be okay to try. It's... So I, I, I can't remember if we've discussed this on another podcast and the listeners can't tell us because we'll have already recorded it by then. But um, my shake, post-workout shake, during oh, carb night. Oh, God. We, this is familiar. Yeah, I think we have mentioned it. Just for anyone that hasn't heard this. This was carb backloading. Carb, carb yeah. backloading. Quick overview. This is when I got pretty fat. And you can actually see the process on the five-year time-lapse video that I've done where I took weekly photos of myself for five years. It's and on YouTube, right? It's the top video on YouTube. Yeah, I was doing carb backloading, which justified my KFC Colonel's Club membership, and I just... It was after 5pm. KFC, yeah, it's fine, it was Sorry. after 5pm. And post-workout, I'd have 100 grams of dextrose, which is sugar. <laughs> was it maltodextrin? I think I'd got pure dextrose for this one, because right. he said so. You used to love maltodextrin. It was like two pounds a kilo, and just nail it. The 100 grams, like, that is 20 teaspoons of sugar, so that, plus 100, 100 milligrams of caffeine, yeah, some leucine, some hydrolyzed casein, 
just a lot of really bitter, horrible powders that don't dissolve properly and just sit on the top of your liquid like a froth with 100 grams of sugar. So way too sweet for what's even nice, totally flavorless. Plus some whey isolate, like sickly strawberry flavor. Because you can't have concentrate because it spikes your insulin. In spite of the 100 grams of dextrose you've just consumed, (laughs) you better not consume the whey concentrate Goodness sake, that'll spike your insulin. So I've derailed you on that, but no, no, no. You, you, you were getting slated on the T Nation Four. Oh yeah, I want to talk more about that stuff. That's more fun. We, I think we've covered it already. We've just recorded. What about a, what about ADF? Alternate day fasting. Remember oh, okay, that? Okay, right. Well, <laughs> okay, we've, we've got a queue of see see how much stupid, stupid stuff we've done. The right. easiest thing to do to discuss this and what, how we should have started is a journey. Because if all these things happened at various points, mm-hmm. because I remember all of this moved into lean gains. And so, I remember us being confused about, you know, we'd be eating a certain way and, and all that. So stuff ADF happened. was after carb night. So I feel like the the you getting slated on the oh forums. God. What is that? That's my Pomodoro timer. Such an aggressive sound. Bloody it's because up. my noise has turned up to okay. max for some reason. Why is my noise turned up to max? Don't know. Hello. Johnny here. Just a short interruption to this episode. I know what you're thinking. This show was brought to you by... None of that, trust me. We have something completely free, something to give you today. So we're aware that you guys who've been listening to our podcast, you've heard before us talk about the show notes and other places to go to download things from propanefitness.com. But we want to give those of you who listen to our podcast something completely different, something completely unique that we don't provide anywhere else. So we want to give you something that is actually a membership area or a membership portal where we have loads of free goodies, some downloads, some things to watch, some trainings, and some free presentations that we want to give you all bundled together completely free. All you have to do is go to propinfitness.com forward slash gift. There's no email opt-in. There's no enter your email and receive this. It's completely obligation free. You just enter your email, enter your username rather, and your password, and then you'll be sent login details. So completely free. In there, we have some training on the 3i formula. That's the framework that we use with all of our coaching students and loads of other free goodies. So that's propinfitness.com forward slash gift. Head over there now. Pick up your free training and we hope you enjoy. Hope you enjoy the rest of this episode and we'll speak soon. We started with, I think ironically, before any of this began, I started by just eating clean and tracking my calories. And then we got corrupted. My net diary, because my fitness pal didn't exist. Mm. And my net diary had to manually enter, there was no database. It's funny because basic logic. took us to to actually where we've almost come full circle <laughs> but almost obviously like you you wouldn't have learned you, you learn on the way. way yeah you definitely learn on the but way but it's just amazing how you can get so corrupted by but either bad information or not having or, or people misprioritizing stuff in their information really effective marketing mm-hmm. what i want to know deeply want to know is whether the people who did this to us knew what they were doing do you know what I mean? Like when when they're marketing Indigo 3G, Carb Backload and Carb Night, Anaconda, Alternate Day Fasting, like did the people who promoted that, did they think, oh God, this is all just calorie balance and progressive overload, but we better make some money anyway? In a way, if they tricked people into doing calorie balance and progressive overload, then they've achieved their objective. Yeah. Yeah. And made a lot of money on the way. But So basically the journey was, we thought that, the answer lay somehow in when we ate, specifically what we ate and specifically when we ate it. And we ignored the big, massive 
overgrown elephant in the corner of both of our rooms, which was, how much are you eating? <laughs> Even to the point of, I remember sitting and watching a countdown to 5pm exactly. Yeah. Like 4.58, no, 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 can't mm. eat a meal yet. It has to be... Because of the circadian rhythm. Obviously your body sat there waiting until... I remember, I remember doing carb night as a fat loss approach, which for those of you who don't know what carb night is, it's, based, it's cyclical keto, so it's low carb for 10 days, then you're allowed to refeed, then it's low carb every for, for six days of the week, then one refeed a week. It worked. Where there was no calorie guidelines in the book, from what I can remember. And I remember not counting calories at all. So Kiefer is a smart guy, and I think that he was relying on the fact that, first of all, if, if they're on a fat loss diet, so they shouldn't take the piss. Mm-hmm. And so if someone's really overeating on it, then, you know, he's got a leg to stand on to say, look, you've, you've been being yeah. silly with this. Yeah. But also, he knows that, that, you know, there are appetite regulating effects of eating low carb. So if mm-hmm. you just tell people, look, you don't have to know how to track calories, but just do this they'll probably lose weight to a point yeah. and then they need a more precise approach yeah. later. No, I agree. I agree. I think that's fine. But I would still We were have, not that audience though. I would still have mentioned. <laughs> we were the obsessive yeah. weirdos that were taking everything so literally. Well, because we, we interviewed him. I think we were one of the first people to interview him. That might even, if you're listening to this, that might even be how you heard of us. <laughs> and I remember you and I, we got him to do an interview with us, which was like 7am our time. Mm-hmm. So we were knackered. And I remember us asking very specific questions about hormone sensitive lipase, fatty acid synthase, yep. like. And I remember you talking about how. I remember a question you asked him, which was, "There's all this emphasis on spiking insulin. Is there a benefit to spiking insulin outside of clearing blood sugar?" And we were get we were so caught up in the details <laughs> of it. So anyway, we were doing carb night. And then we started doing carb backloading. But again, throughout this phase of my life, I wasn't tracking calories at all because I, I was convinced that the hormonal results of what I was doing would, would take that, would take over. Everything, yeah. We moved from that into taking when we ate to the extreme and trying alternate day fasting, which was literally as it sounds. So we would wake up one day, we would not eat anything. You were allowed like, Water, some, green tea. Some glutamine. They were like, it was like a, a mixture, glutamine and leucine oh, with yeah. lime and lemon you could have. I mean, mmm, delicious. Mm. Um, and then you would go to bed that night, wake up the next morning to, you know, basically it's like Christmas Day every other day where you could have double the calories and maintain your weight. It created a, a complete, like a really weird relationship where, yeah, you'd wake up and you'd have a rampage and then over time, like obviously, I was—I remember being at a party, two a.m., having not eaten for thirty hours <laughs> so far, and looking at this, just talking to this girl and just seeing her face as this pie, and just being like, mm, I could really do with eating something now. <laughs> I think I'd had some Z twelve just before as well because oh, I was God. planning to go to sleep and then dragged out to this party. <laughs> you'd wake up every day after a fast day, feeling like you've been hit by a bus. Yeah. And then you just take the mick with eating food during the day, six to 10,000 calories on that day. I remember, and you become really judgmental of people that eat every day. Mm. I got a text message from Johnny saying, I'm sat next to this girl in the library who's eating a bag of dates. What a dickhead. (laughs) She's picked the one fruit that has a higher glycemic index than sugar. (laughs) Like, and then we got to the point where you'd you'd see people eating and you'd be like, eating every day, what a twat. No, no, no. It is, it's weird, isn't it? And so, I, you, I think as with any approach like that, 
it starts off it, like every other day is very this hedonistic just melee of food from the moment you wake up you're having anything and everything mm-hmm. I remember you being at my flat and you brought for breakfast you had <laughs> you had a big jug of fruit juice like a two litre jug of fruit juice and a pizza for breakfast and cheesecake yeah <laughs> Pizza, juice, cheesecake was the the standard Baby. breakfast. One, like as in a whole one of each, <laughs> and then you'd you'd like, a whole juice. You'd upgrade to box of pastries, box of cereal. Like it would be gratuitous. And the thing is, the eating wasn't even enjoyable because you're eating so many calories, and you know that you're not going to have anything until Wednesday. Mm. And then the fasting was obviously extended, long training was hard, and so by the end of the week you've maybe eaten maintenance or a slight surplus mm-hmm. and had a really awful time doing it. The whole, like you, the only fun thing would maybe be breakfast on the feed day. And then by the rest, throughout the rest of the you day, you felt like, crap and Whoa. sluggish. I was training twice a day at that time. I was also doing an internship over one summer. And I remember like trying to sit BCAAs and stuff that my dad. Surreptitiously yeah. without anyone knowing. And then they go, oh, we're just going for lunch with the team. And you're like, like oh, I can't. Why not? I'm, I'm weird. Because I don't eat every day. Okay, so we need to backtrack a little bit and talk about you getting slated on the forums. So that was the... I'm trying to think where that pieced in with all of this. First fat loss diet, lean gains approach. I think that was after all of this, though, wasn't it? It was was No, before. before. Wow, we went backwards so much, didn't we? So T-Nation forums used to be frequented by loads of guys who were 20 20 to 25% body fat. Or more all thinking that they were just like one or two pounds off being shredded and just were carrying a bit of water. And anyone who was less than 100 kilos body weight was... Just pathetic. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember that... So I was 19, I think. Um, Since I'd arrived at university, I remember my training had kind of got a bit more serious, like I was going more frequently than what we used to do at school. A bit more structure. Um, And... Decided for the first time... So the conversation went. Yusuf came to visit one weekend and we were like, why don't we start a blog? And that, those sorts of conversations started happening. And it was like, right, well, one of us is going to have to get really lean. Then I was you, like, I'll do it. Yeah, <laughs> we decided a diet for you. You started doing all sorts of really extreme stuff. I was 90 kilos at the time. Right. Thinking like, you know what? It'll take me a couple of weeks and I'll be bone shredded Mm. and it'll be great for the before and after photos because there was an article by dan john that said that when you do a fat loss phase you go in heavy and hard and then come out in 30 days and you'll be lean and i remember thinking well i'm not fat to begin with and so (laughs) i I only need half of that really (laughs) two two week diet 90 kilos and around the same time i started dieting was doing some really sensible stuff to be honest until we like, got corrupted. Yeah. The, so. I should mention as well, the reason I was 90 kilos at my frame is because I bought a bag of mutant mass. Oh, God. Seven and a half kilos of weight gain powder. And I consumed it over two weeks. Each serving was 2,100 calories. You're supposed to have two per 2, day. 2,100 calories? Yep. And you have two per day. What? Um, and I rem- So I was nailing it. And I remember having a... It was strawberry and banana flavour, like really sickly... And I remember having a pint of this stuff and then going into the university canteen and just throwing up all over the floor. Oh, man. And then it happened the next day. But I, th- I was sat down by that point and I threw up into my tray and everyone around me on the table jumped back. And I think the 
like it, it was just loads of volume of pink fluid. <laughs> like so, Pepto-Bismol. And they must have been like, what have you been eating? Pepto-Bismol. And all the cooks must have just thought I was this waste man that was just always hanging. Oh, Pepto-Bismol. Amazing <laughs> with Pepto-Bismol. But in fact, didn't it drink. It was meat mass. So you're having 4,000, over 4,000 calories a day. In liquid. Extra. Yeah. And so, wow. surprisingly, I gained 6.5 to 7 kilos. That's in, fairly in low, weeks. to be honest, in two weeks. Yeah. Right. And I thought it was all muscle. Because I was like, oh, mate. Because like, yeah, yeah. I store my fat quite evenly distributed. And so I, my T-shirts were fitting fight, titting fighter. Titting fighter. Titting fighter. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, great. But... You still had hint, hint of abs, though, I remember. As, as irritating as that period of time was. Just a ghetto booty. Um, so yeah, so around the same time, well, that was prior to that. Yeah. So you were 90, I was probably pushing 100 at the time. <laughs> yeah, I remember you came back from holiday and we were 105. Yep. And, and, and neither of us thought, I think both of us thought we were 30 days away from lean. Mm-hmm. So my fat loss diet started in the Easter holidays of that year. And I remember, so I'm home from, home from uni for Easter. First morning, wake up and I'm frying some venison in the kitchen and my mum comes down and she's like, what are you doing having venison at eight o'clock in the morning? I'm like, mum, 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 you don't understand, you don't understand. It was the chewiest venison I've ever had. Um, venison and spinach. And that was my... That, to be honest, I stuck to that religiously for five weeks. It's amazing how your tolerance for awful mm, food... You're just okay with it. Because you think, oh, there's a, there's a greater purpose mm. to this. Um, and then, just, then you start using the lean gains approach, which is just basically skipping breakfast. Um, again, tracking all my calories, got to the point where I was in decent, decent shape, leanness wise, bit unsure about what to do to continue, posted on the T Nation forums for some advice and just got the piss ripped out of me relentlessly. Like this kid needs a meal. This kid's way too light. At the time, you awful. were 83 kilos and very lean. And I was a bit lighter. With some, okay. But like, so you, you had enough mass to be like. I think you were squatting 200 at the time. Yeah, I had, not I'd if, been training for quite a while at that yeah, point. Like you yeah. didn't come out looking anorexic. Like, no, no. But yeah. as far as T Nation forum went... Because that, and that, like, that creates this feeling of like, oh, what a waste of time. Like I should have built more muscle before dieting. Um, and before that, I also tried the V diet and, and all sorts of things like that. The V but diet. The V diet. Tell us about that. <sighs> that was my first ever attempt at getting lean, ever, was that. <clears throat> this was a commercial thing called the velocity diet so again it's on it's a t-nation thing which uh, involved liquid meals every day from a stack of supplements that were so you, you had only all you could eat was crushed ice apart from one meal a week god the page is still up man. still there i can't believe that here we go here's the daily meal plan so <clears throat> bear in mind um this is all i mean obviously you've got to have um, the special powders. Otherwise, I was actually told by someone on the T Nation forums, who's the marketing director for T Nation, that my plan wouldn't work because I didn't have the special protein. So breakfast is protein powder with superfood and cold water and one omega-3, flame out omega-3 soft gel. Lunch is a protein shake with water and omega-3 mid-afternoon protein shake. And then once a week, you get what they call a healthy solid meal which is, according to this, at most 700 calories for men. And that's you get that once a week. But basically... Just to keep your digestive system working. According to this, every day, as a guy, you'd be having 
basically 200 grams of protein. This is a stock, no matter what your weight is. 1,300 calories. 1,300 calories, 100 grams of carbs, 100, 200 grams of protein, and 16 grams of fat. So I did, I, I, I used it and sourced it from, <laughs> from cheaper sources from my protein. Um, but it was micellar casein, which is mm-hmm. awful, especially the, in, the, in those days it was. Like sand, isn't it? Well, yeah, it just doesn't so, dissolve. Well, to be, so there was two types. Micellar casein was sandy. Mm. And casein casinate was oh. created like a plasticine glob. Yeah, so thick. Um, so I remember you, you'd put it in your shaker, and eventually it would be like you've got a, a squash ball in it or something. It would just bounce off the top and bottom yeah. of your shaker. Yeah. And you have to kind of eat it. And it was, oh, it was so bad. I remember throwing that up all over my maths notes. <laughs> and for the rest of the year, my maths notes just had Smell the casein. dried vomit on them. Yeah. So mo- first morning of the velocity diet, go downstairs. Um, knowing that I've got, like, this kind of bodyweight complex training session to do mid-morning, uh, make this protein shake. So I had my this this cheaper greens powder I put in, a two scoops of casein, some flaxseed. You were meant to put peanut butter in, but obviously, if you've heard our allergies podcast, you'll not have an allergy. Um, half asleep, put water in, drank it, realised I'd used the warm tap, or I hadn't, like, let <laughs> the water go cold yet. Um, the the greens powder that I'd bought had garlic in it, and I've, I mean you'll know if you've had garlic that it's a very overpowering flavour. So it tasted of sandy, weakly chocolate flavoured casein in warm water with an overwhelming taste of garlic. <laughs> and there's this moment where you realise, like, for the next 28 days, apart from one one day a week, this is all I'm going to get to eat. And you're like, I'm not going to be able to do this. And so that day, I decided to have my healthy, solid meal that evening. So I remember seeing the forum post. It was like, day one velocity diet. I've decided to have my meal of the week today. Um, I had this. And then the next day was day two. I have decided to bring forward my <laughs> meal for week two into today. And then day three was, okay, I'm, I'm beginning again on the velocity diet. <laughs> I think by that week... Um, I'd had I'd ended up in McDonald's and just gave up. And I'm not it, surprised. It's really difficult. And then I decided to do it. Still extreme. I still did. That was when I did the venison and like McDonald's isn't even objectively nice, but it's the kind of thing. It's just that, you just want to get into this big puck of food, don't you? Yeah, and, just when you're really hungry, you're just like oh. <laughs> <laughs> so man, yeah. What was the next topic? Oh, sorry. This is going to sound so scattered. Density training. Oh, God. I don't remember that. So it was around the V-diet time. Mm. It was just like thinking that if I did certain types of cardio, it led to certain hormonal responses. And if you did like tempo press-ups, it gave you a growth hormone pulse and all that sort of stuff. Less um, Less of a... consistent theme for us i think so i went deep down the rabbit hole of when when we started to look into all these training programs that were designed around micromanaging your hormones and your your the changes in your growth hormone output and all this stuff and doing strange things with protein pulsing i went deep down the rabbit hole of looking into protein synthesis and um effects of effects of growth hormone how to how to manipulate it and that's what ultimately drove me to start studying medicine so wow. I, was like, I need to just get a handle on this and understand <laughs> physiology of metabolism once and for all how yeah. do i do that go and be a doctor 
<laughs> they they know about this stuff, and then I'll be able to get big because <laughs> I'll know how to how to get big arms and things, won't I? And then I'll do some. It's quite. I'll, I'll do the the right the perfect number of reps. It's actually curls. quite emotional and sad when you think about it. You're still doing that medical degree now. Here I am, six years later, still just trying to work out how to get big arms. <laughs> <laughs> so if someone I, could tell us how do you get big arms, that would I had be really a, nice. I had a folder in my Evernote which was just. Each each note in the notebook was like, a different amino acid. Yeah, I had that different amino acid or like a different hormone. Trying to understand insulin, I remember reading loads of conflicting things about insulin. Thinking all written by a bunch of people, people. who don't understand. Yeah, yeah, or people who are using like third or fourth hand information or selling something like so. Any source that you use, mm. you're reading from someone who like, and it's so it's it's confusing enough already. And then if you start trying to find out from someone that is already confused but writes in a complex way yeah, you God. just have no chance Cause I, so I remember having I remember brain candy carbolin 19 wow there was a supplement that, that, that T Nation made which had something in it hot rocks that's a powerful oh, supplement so that's something we mentioned today as well which was a fat loss supplement I bought years ago before yeah. DMAA was banned which is a very powerful, essentially a isomer of amphetamine. And it was, it was a fat loss supplement and it was a really strong stimulant and it had whacking doses of all of the main uh, supplements. So it had ephedrine, high dose, like the top end dose that you would normally give, 800 milligrams of caffeine, 20 milligrams of yohimbine, and 30 milligrams of DMAA. And so you can imagine you take it and instantly your stomach just feels like a pit that drops through the floor. Appetite is gone for the next two days. You start gurning. You feel amazing. <laughs> gurning. And, and I had this. And I, I remember looking at the instructions or the, on the product page of this like terribly designed nine-year-old website. And it was like, how many do I take? And the response was, don't be stupid. Like, come on, mate. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you take one, one. once, yeah. like once a month or something. And when it arrived in the post, it just came completely unlabeled in a baggie, like a like a drug dealer would give you. Oh, God, I think I took two, a few days apart, and I was like, you know what, this is a powerful drug. I think I'm going to have to just Weapon. throw it away. Yeah, couldn't even give them away because <laughs> they're so powerful. <laughs> <clears throat> but there was something they obviously don't sell it anymore. There was a supplement that claimed to like dampen insulin response that they made. Do you remember? So there you are, sat there trying A-L-A, to no. manage all of you, your insulin response to different foods at different times. And all the while, ignoring well. the... I mean, it's the, it's the definition of missing the wood for the trees, isn't it? And the times that I was most focused on manipulating my hormones were probably the times that I didn't know what my calories were. Yeah, that's what I mean. Or like the training volume. And it wasn't even because I wasn't bothering to track. It was like, oh, it doesn't matter mm-hmm. because... Especially if you, if you don't know what your growth hormone and your insulin are doing. <laughs> and we were getting so caught up in like... So growth hormone spikes apparently when you wake up and then around 4pm. But then insulin spikes. If you have an insulin spike in the morning combined with a cortisol spike, <laughs> then that creates a tendency for fat loss. So we need to avoid carbs in the morning. and then, But then like other people were saying you should have all your carbs in the morning. It was just a, such a confusing world. Can you remember what the turning point was for you? Can you remember when? It was hiring a coach. 
and just mm. having someone put everything into order. And luckily, the coach we chose was Eric Helms, very evidence based, very uh, very no bullshit. And it was quite upsetting because like a lot of the things that he would tell us whenever we came up with a bright idea of our own was to was like hearing that Santa Claus doesn't exist. Mm. But he set us on the right path, and then that I think just even having a framework, and suddenly all of the the knowledge and information that we'd learned over the years was put into its correct context. It yep. wasn't as if it was all useless. Yeah. But knowing how to fit it all together was fantastic. So I remember even really clearly how that happened, that process. So I was in the jury's in in Bradford in my first year as an accountant and just feeling really kind of irritated when you and I were trying like so hard to still make progress you you'd started working in edinburgh i was working in newcastle we just couldn't make any progress at all with what we were doing because we were so and like when you're at uni and you've got all the time to to make evernote files on insulin and cortisol Mm. like that's one thing but when you obviously when you're just living in the real world and you don't have time to do that anymore right what do i have for breakfast yeah like what just and just need to know what to do and i watched a video mct oil for me i think oh god yeah (laughs) mct powder shakes i used to have Mm. So I was still doing car backloading for quite a lot of that time. Um, saw a video with a guy called Matt Ogus on YouTube. And he was speaking about the guy who'd done his coaching, which was Eric. Looked on 3DMJ's website. And it was terrible at the time. Um, saw that Eric did like one-off Skype coaching sessions. Had a one-off Skype coaching session with him. Asked him all these questions of like, Eric, what happens if I eat carbs in the morning? And all these sorts of things. And he just gave me very basic answers. Ended up hiring him. Messaged him was like, "This guy's class. You should hire him." And I hate to I hate to say it, but we liked him before he was cool, didn't we? We did. We were mates with Eric before before he was popular. Doesn't even coach anyone now. He's too cool for it. I know. He, he said he said, "Guys, I'm I, too cool." I, he said, yeah, "I am far too cool to either speak to you or to coach anyone." And now he wears a backwards cap because mm. he's really cool. Travels the world and just draws pyramids and everyone's stuff, doesn't he? Eric. But the point is, like, I think I I still wouldn't do it differently. I know that's a really lamezoid thing to say, <laughs> but like, I think if you and I had had that conversation at a different time, because of the way the industry was, it maybe wouldn't have had the same impact on we us. We wouldn't have been able, we, it wouldn't have made us the coaches that we are today, The we wouldn't have been able to produce the content that we have for you guys, mm. because... All that would have happened is it, it's like um, being given a sat nav and not knowing anything about the the map, the territory that you're or the road or the car. Like, yeah, you know how to get from point A to B mm. with no understanding of the struggles that anyone else has gone through. And, and now, actually, but we've coached close to two thousand people by this point, and mm. for every one of them, we have tried one of the one of the strategies that they have failed in the past. And it's, it gives you a huge amount of... Um... There's only one thing. There's only one thing that a client has said to me that they were facing problem-wise. And I've been like, look... I've got no experience. I've never that. had that. And it was a client who went to a party. And I remember them sending us a message saying, I'm at this party and they are pumping alcohol into the air. Do you remember that? Yeah. They're pumping alcohol into the air. I'm inhaling it. I don't know where to begin 
with how to track this or how to account for this? What should I do? I remember us coming up with a solution, but thinking like, my God, like I would, <laughs> yeah. It almost feels like a bit like a violation to do that to someone. To put calories in someone without their... <laughs> <laughs> well, like you've been breathing for a while. And like, mm. By the way, there's alcohol in the air. I'm like, what? Mm. <laughs> but yeah. So I know this sounds like a plug, but if if you feel at all, I think you should be able to show somebody, here is my goal, here is the progress I'm making towards it in a like a numerical way. And if you can't, speak to someone, speak to a coach, get some help. Because feeling confused and feeling overwhelmed by it is just no place to spend any amount of time. That's it. I mean, coaching provides accountability, objectivity and information. And in our case, it was an information problem. So we didn't have that and, and being able to have someone clear the, the clouds for us was really helpful. For some people, it's an accountability problem. They know what they need to do, but they just can't stick to it because there's no one to call them out on their bullshit when they don't do it. And for other people, it's an objectivity problem. And that was our problem as well for a while, which is not being able to... Like, you, you, you could make the right decision if you were looking at someone else and telling them what to do. Like, you can, you can always give a, a friend the correct advice if they're having a struggle with a relationship or whatever. But when it comes to you, you lose that objectivity and so the same thing happens with our diet and our training and to be able to just hand that over to someone and for those decisions to be made by someone else and then all you have to do is turn up and train is so liberating. You always think you're different, don't you? <clears throat> like I get, I get asked all the time why if, I'm, if, like, if we've coached, you and I have coached over uh, approaching 2,000 people, how on earth is it that we're not able to coach ourselves or manage our own diet and training? And it's like no matter how many people you've coached, you still see yourself as different. You still think like, oh, no, no, well, I would need this this different thing or I would need to change this or I can't follow a program I've written. I'm too different or good for that. And so I don't think anyone's immune. But there's definitely been a shift in the industry with the amount of information that's available. I think for most people, well, there's still an information problem. I think people focus too much on information, not enough on putting it into place. Mm-hmm. Too much on like, I need the perfect plan rather than, I need my plan. I need yeah, one the, for me. The the ground has shifted since we were struggling and for us it was definitely information. Mm. And I think now information is is cheap, information is available, and now the problem is that there's so much information and not enough accountability. Mm. And I think well, loads of people who, who come to us are like I think they're aware of a lot of solutions, but they feel just overwhelmed by how much information. Guys, there can is. someone just do this for me? Yeah. Because I think for us, we had to like hunt down information, didn't we? It wasn't mm. like when car backloading and all that stuff came out, it wasn't popular at all in the mainstream. Probably social media's fault, actually, isn't it? <laughs> there was, it was social, social media was in its infancy at that point. And so you had to be Googling answers. Now it's all there. That's it. So that's it for the Propane Fitness Podcast this week. Let us know if you have any questions that you want us to address. We will do a deep dive into them. And check us out on Instagram. We've been posting a lot of stuff on there recently. So if you want more shenanigans, particularly lots of shenanigans, then <laughs> go to Instagram forward slash Propane Fitness. Or at Propane Fitness. That's the, that's the cool way to do that's it, isn't it? Hashtag Yusuf. Hashtag Yusuf at Propane Fitness. Is that it? <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye.
Hey, Johnny again. Hope you enjoyed that episode of the Propane Fitness Podcast. Just a short reminder, if you're listening to this, driving in your car, and you're thinking, man, I really wish I had a reference that they made in minute five or ten or whatever to that thing that they were talking about. Well, we put together show notes for these podcasts every single week. We give you timestamps. We give you links to things we talk about. And we also give chances to grab free things, bonuses, etc. So head over to propanefitness.com and grab the show notes for this episode over there. Also, if you want to be notified of these podcasts when they come out, if you want free subscribe, subscriber-only benefits, stick your email address in and grab our free downloads, one of the many free downloads if you go to propanefitness.com and the homepage. There's a big red banner on the top of the website. Pick up that free ebook, that free download, and we'll send you emails whenever a new podcast is available. Just one short reminder as well. As you are a podcast listener, you have access to our exclusive free gift that is available nowhere else. And that is at propinfitness.com forward slash gift. Yeah.